right, guys. Welcome back to the Bread and Butter Podcast. Thank you guys just so much for all of the love on these past two episodes with these incredible guests. Um, It meant a lot to me. Obviously, it was super, super exciting to have them on. Um, They were just so kind and so generous with their time. You know, so I'm referring to the Jennifer Finlayson Fife and Brooke of Female Foodie. Um, I will say to all of my other podcasters, entrepreneur type minded people out there, I would just shoot your shot. Honestly, shoot your shot. I have been so floored by how generous people in my same field that I look up to are. Like, by and far, I just, I genuinely feel like it's just like another reminder that like, just ask. Just ask. The worst thing that people can tell you is no. And that's not even the worst thing. Truly. Like, I I just feel like it was another great reminder and I just wanted to like shout it to the rooftops. Just ask. Shoot your shot and get out there. Put yourself out there. So, but welcome back. Thank you for being here for another week. Some updates. A want recently. I know this is so cliche and everyone's probably like, please do not start talking about fall yet. But I'm really, I'm ready for fall and not just for like the temperature drop. I'm ready for the baking I'm ready to wear a hoodie. Who who is starting to fantasize about wearing hoodies or like putting on like a crew neck sweatshirt or being able to wear leggings or sweats? I just I know that my people are out there that are like this is my time to shine. As soon as the temperature drops, I am in all of my glory. I just I'm getting so so excited for that. So that's my want. Am I eat this week I have to say this is simple it's not bougie but has everyone here had scotcheroos me and Trenton are kind of on a scotcheroo kick they're essentially like a much 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 better version of a rice crispy treat and I'm not re- I mean I'm not a rice crispy gal but it's the same concept so it's like rice checks and then you mix it with like peanut butter and there's some corn syrup so you're basically like you're making like a marshmallowy but peanut buttery base, and then you top it with a mixture of butterscotch chips, peanut butter, and semi-sweet chocolate chips melted together to make a frosting. And it is, I don't know what it is, but it is next level. It is crack, and we cannot stop eating them. So we've been eating a ton of scotcheroos. Um, watch. Oh, watch this week. I did watch. This is a classic. I haven't seen this, and I know a lot of you have, so hang with me. I had never seen Breakfast at Tiffany's and I'm like a big like My Fair Lady gal love Audrey Hepburn I but I kind of feel like a fake fan like because I really haven't seen that much of her work so I watched that this week I loved it um I my next one that I need to watch is is it before dark or after dark something about the dark I think it's one of her later shows um where she plays it's kind of like a thriller she plays like a blind woman um okay read this is not my typical read share but I'm reading the happiness trap currently and it is it is I am one of those people that genuinely loves myself a good self-help book but it really is just so good so even if you're not a self-help psychology kind of junkie like I am when I say that I am, it's really that about like every eight months, I'll be like, oh, I guess I'll pick one of these up. And then I love it. But this really is like an amazing one to pick up. So it's it's not just like woo-woo type 
stuff, like trick your brain. It is genuinely like solid, solid life advice. And I have, I have loved reading it. So those are my updates. They're a little bit all over the place today. I'm kind of doing this episode on the fly. This episode was written for like a week ago when it, it was our anniversary. This is an anniversary episode. But I had the most bizarre allergic reaction to, we think, honey. We're thinking that it was like an unprocessed honey that had a bunch of pollen in it. So I had it all ready to go and I could not record because I was struggling to breathe. So I'm all fine now. This happens more often than you think. But that is why we had two, by the way, two incredible guest episodes in a row, two amazing women. But this is why it's a little bit late and it is a little bit all over the place. So we are talking about marriage today. Trenton and I celebrated our second anniversary, which I know, two years, but marriage, marriage really just is a special thing and concept. And honestly, it's kind of a practice to me. So whether you're married or you're not married, I really hope that everyone enjoys this episode because while marriage is a really unique relationship, it's also a relationship kind of like any other, like definitely not, but also it it definitely is. So I just, I wanted to chat about it. And I, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about, I, the first thing that I thought of is that I feel like there is a massive push and pressure for people, especially on social media. That's mainly what I'm talking about here to put forth like a quote unquote, perfect marriage. So I wanted to hit on that first, because first of all, obviously we all know like deep down in our gut that marriage, it's not realistic that marriages are perfect, right? They're not supposed to be perfect. But then all of us like forget that, me included. Like the second our Instagram feed opens and shows us a couple, I just feel like the comparison starts so, so quick. And I just, I wanted to like put this out there that if you have forgotten, it is okay to not have everything figured out in your marriage. And all of the couples that you see on Instagram, they don't have everything figured out in their marriage. They fight they're still figuring things out. They don't have, they don't have what you maybe think they have. And that's not to be like, that's not to like reassure us to be like, oh, it's okay. You know, just settle and never, never figure things out and never like work for like the marriage of your dreams. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that there have been times where I'm like, this really is very odd. I feel like, I mean, obviously it's not like I want people to start posting about the hard parts of their marriage or the discussions or things that they're still figuring out because that's is personal. It's private, right? Like that's why people don't typically post about it, which is all fine and well. But I guess my point is don't, don't feel bad. If you are still figuring stuff out, if you're still even learning how to communicate well with your spouse, little things. I just, that's my disclaimer I just feel like no one talks enough about how it's very normal to even have like disagreements in a marriage I remember that was like a big anxiety trigger for me going into marriage is I was like I want to make sure that like we don't fight I just I don't want to fight and my dad actually took Trenton out for lunch before we got married and one of the things he said was that you know growing up I never I wanted to be the husband that never would ever make my wife cry. I just, which is so sweet, right? We love that. Um, but at the same time, he said, as I, as I grew in my marriage and as I've kind of figured some more of life out, I realized that, I mean, obviously you don't want to go around making your spouse cry, but 
you also don't want to be in a marriage that can't have discussion and that can't weather conflict. And if you're in a marriage where you can't have disagreements, then maybe it's time to step back and look a little bit and be like, okay, maybe we do need to have a disagreement because that means we're talking about things and that means we're working things out. And so that was like the best, one of the best marriage pieces of marriage advice that I've gotten is not that like, yeah, bicker your life away with your spouse, but like, it's okay to quote unquote fight. It's okay to have like discussions. It's okay to have disagreements. It's okay to be mad. Like one of my favorite things that Trenton and I do is that we have gotten so brutally honest with each other. And this is probably because I can't hide my emotions to save my life. So it's not like I'm really even trying to be noble here. But if, if Trenton asks me if I'm mad, I, I always tell him, I'm like, yeah, yep, I'm mad or I'm sad or I'm excited. Or it, It's not just negative, but what I'm saying is that it is okay to have disagreements. If, if anyone needed to hear that, I hope, I hope that was helpful because it's normal and it's healthy. And if you feel like you can't have disagreements, then maybe that's, that's more of an issue. And you can look into that and, you know, why do I feel like I can't bring things up or be myself or uh, all of these things. So, okay. That kind of launches me into lessons that I feel like we've learned so far. Um, and I kind of already touched on this, but I just feel like for us and it's also helped me in the rest of my life. Um, frankness always wins. Both of, both of us are kind of recovering like people pleasers. And we've learned, like I said, mostly because I have like zero tolerance for not saying what's on my mind, just to be like incredibly honest. And it really works wonders for us personally. I just, like I said, I think there's this idea that the key to a conflict-free marriage is to, you know, become good at navigating, oh, avoiding this conflict here and dodging around this here and you know, just keeping the peace and and never rocking the boat. And I just, that does not work for us. Maybe it works for some people, but I kind of, I kind of doubt it. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's always better to have the conversation, to dive into it, to be super, super honest. So that's one thing we learned while we were dating that has been so good for us. We are just so incredibly frank with each other and at the same time, I feel like it's also built trust because, I mean, I'm using this example because it's so cliche and it's on the top of my head, but like if I were to ask Trent and be like, how, you know, am I doing this to annoy you or is this bothering you? And if he says it's not, and I know it is, I know he's lying to me, right? Like, <laughs> and we do this in friendships, we do this in relationships, and I love the fact that if I ask Trenton, is this happening? Am I, did I hurt your feelings just then? He'll tell me. He'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that hurt my feelings. Or yes, you know, it kind of bothers me when you do this. And then I know, right? Like, I don't know. I could just go on this forever. I just, it's one of my soapboxes, clearly. Um, but yeah, we, we love, we love the frankness. Um, the next thing is, that has really worked for us, is that we do not back talk like we do not talk badly about each other to other people ever I just I get like the ickiest feeling when spouses talk badly about the person that they chose to marry to other people and also let me throw in a like a major clarifying disclaimer um I have been I have been you know in situations where friends are telling me about experiences with their spouse that that do need to be shared right they needed to talk to someone outside of their spouse and be validated that what was going on wasn't 
great, right? Like that totally happens. So that's, that's like a different story. I'm not talking about that. But when girls just get together and like trash their husbands, I just am not about it. I just, I can't do it. So that is one thing that I've been really grateful for that we kind of established early on is like, yeah, we don't, we don't back talk. And also I hope this isn't weird that I'm like, this is what we've learned. And this is why we're the best, most mature developed couple. I'm not, I'm just, it's been, it's more of a self-reflection for me. It's been fun to think about what's been working for us, what we've kind of learned over the years. Um, so that's, that's why I'm sharing these just disclaimer in there. Um, another one that I really have been grateful for is we try really hard to advocate for our spouse's relationships outside of the one that we have with each other. So when I say that, one thing that we've really tried to do that like means a lot to us is we advocate specifically for each other's relationships with our families. So when I say that, what I mean is like, if Trenton's having a hard day, I make sure to say something like, why don't you call your parents? And you know, he'll do the same for me. Or he makes sure to push me towards things that will connect me with my family. And that is huge. I just, I feel like it can be really stressful for couples to split time with family and things like that. Like I understand the panic factor when you feel like you have to be the one to make sure that you see your family and like have your own back in that way and make sure it happens for you. And it is the worst, worst feeling. So we have loved making sure that the other person is having their needs and wants met connecting with their family and then I just feel like it's so much better like at least for us it also like comes into play when we can like communicate with our families for like holidays or something like I know that if we have plans with my family and we need to leave a family function of Trenton's and then go spend some time with my family I know that he will be aware I'll know that he'll be watching the time I know that he'll be the one to communicate it to his family and execute on it. And I don't have to be the one to be like, okay, Trent, like we have to go. Um, and I try to do the same for him. And it just has worked out so, so well for us. Um, okay. The other thing that has worked really well is that I, we both really, really try to be interested. Trenton and I are kind of, I don't want to say fire and water because we actually have a lot of like uncanny similarities, but what what we've really tried to do is we have pretty like diverse interests, I would say. Um, we're definitely wired very, very similarly in some ways and extremely different in other ways. So our, our motto kind of is what you think is cool is cool. And what they think is cool is cool. And I just, I think it's great, right? Like when couples love to do all of the same things, it's definitely like a fun thing to have something that you both love as a couple. I think it's important. Like I think like seeking those things if you don't have them is good. Um, but I also feel like most couples don't love to do all of the same things. And like, that's cool. It's, I feel like it's almost like the relationship thing where you need to advocate for your spouse to do things outside of you that, that sounds weird, um, but that are fun for them, right? And that you might not like. Like, I just, I appreciate so much that Trenton push me to do things that he doesn't necessarily love, but he knows that I love and he's interested. And I try to be interested in what he loves. Like the perfect example is that we have, I love Gilmore Girls to the ends of the earth. It is my comfort show. I could talk about it for hours. It's honestly miraculous that I've been able to keep it off the podcast this long, like a full Gilmore Girls episode. And Trenton, on the other end of the spectrum, loves Star Wars more than, more than life. So 
we split and we every other night we'll, we'll watch Gilmore Girls because we're trying to get through it with Trenton and then the next night we'll watch Clone Wars because we're trying to get through that and that's like the simplest it might seem dumb like thing but I can't tell you how much it means to me that I know that like my husband will sit down and watch my show with me there is no mocking there is no he'll be interested he'll ask about the questions he gets invested in like the little drama relationships and it means so much to me and then we flip and I know more about all these different planets that now I can't name off the top of my head that I would not in this alternate universe and it's it's cool and we get to talk about it and I just love it um okay the last thing all the one thing that I've learned that has been so good for us is that our way is what works for us and that's the end of it um, and what I mean when I say that is when Trenton and I dated, we dated for a really long time for Utah, right? Okay, so we dated for three years. Um, and that's kind of when we learned this. Um, obviously, a lot of people around us dated for six months, three months, nine months, and, you know, got the engagement ring on the finger. They were making wedding plans. Um, they just seemed to know so, so quick. And that was not us. Um, we, like I said, we did it for three years. We took a really long time, like I said, by some standards to get married. Um, and I regret it absolutely zero percent. And here's why. So we did get a lot of questions. People would be like, are you guys okay? Like, when are you getting married? So much, so much. It was really hard. I remember sobbing to my mom being like, I am so sick of people asking me why we're not married yet. Like, we're just not ready yet. There's there's a really super common narrative of when you know, you know, which I actually totally stand by, but no one ever says that you might not know in the same time frame as literally everyone else around you. And this is a hot take, but when people say, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to get destroyed for this, but when people say if they wanted to, they would, I, I, I agree. I agree. But let's, Let's maybe take the narrative off of if he wanted to or if they wanted to, they would do it in the same amount of time that you would because that is just not true. By the time I did know, I knew. And by the time I wanted to, I did. That part is true. Like I remember driving home after being with him one night and I was like, yeah, we're, we are getting married. Um, but it wasn't in the six to nine months that most everyone around me seemed to know in. But I will say this, I feel like I was enough myself and enough developed that I was very sure of what I wanted by the time we got married. And that's that's also not the only best, only right way to do it. That's just how we are. And internalizing that has been the best thing for our relationship. We worry very little about if we're keeping up with what everyone else is doing or, or doing things, you know, the way everyone else seems to be doing it just it put us on our own track really early and I have been so appreciative of that when we started dating too when I was 18 right so I graduated in May we started dating in like October November that fall so I was really young and I I didn't know what I wanted and I'm saying this because I know there are people out there who may be dating really young they really really like this person that they're with but marriage just isn't like, it's just not time and you might feel like there's something wrong with you. I am telling you, there is not anything wrong with you. Um, by the time 
from the time we started dating to the time that we got married, we were extremely different people ourselves. Um, but I feel like by the time we got married, I mean, granted, we were still young, right? We were 21 and 23, but in so many ways, we knew what we were about and we knew what each other was about very well. So to be completely honest, getting married ended up being the easiest thing ever because there were truly like no surprises. We had gone through a few different things that we wanted to do professionally. We, you know, had spent time with each other's family over the holidays. We had gotten used to like splitting time with families. Um, we'd seen each other through multiple seasons. You know, I had, Trenton had seen me at my lowest with anxiety or I had seen Trenton switch majors and just really put in the work and grind at that and, and, and struggle because it was a hard transition for him. And just lots of things like that that I'm so grateful for. So I guess that's just my disclaimer to anyone that feels like there's something wrong with them. There is not. Okay, you you are on, on your own timeline and, and you're also smart enough and intuitive enough to know. I think a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not saying that you have to know, but I do know that when it is time, you will know. I, I hope that makes sense, but that's that was my experience, and I just feel like more people need to hear that, so there's that. Okay, I asked you guys what surprised you the most about marriage, and I was worried these were going to be like bummer answers, like you're going to be like, I thought it was going to be like this, and it's actually like this, but these were the sweetest answers because I wanted it to be like uplifting and positive, and you guys just delivered, so here is what we have. <laughs> I'm super excited to read these. Okay. One of them said, how much my hobbies and likes slash dislikes have changed to match his. Honestly, that is a real thing. It's a real thing because you love them. And I'm not saying that you like lose your personality and you morph into who they are, but it is strange how much you kind of morph what you love and are interested in just to have something to talk to them about because you love them. And I, I just think that's the sweetest thing. Um, sleep talking. Yes. Sleep talking is the most hilarious. I would say most surprising part of marriage. Cause like the first time I heard Trenton sleep talk, I was like, this is not happening like this. My wildest dreams is to have a hilarious husband that says hilarious things in his sleep. And I hit the jackpot. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite things that he said is we were on this like overnight Christmas trip and Trenton had been so stressed. So I'm like, you know what? This, this kid is so tired. Let's just let him sleep. So he's sleeping like a rock and I, I'm not even, I haven't even fallen asleep yet. And, and he suddenly is like, oh, I got to write a check. I got to write a check to Boba Fett. Oh, got to get that check to Boba Fett. And he was so upset and so concerned and it was the funniest thing of my life. Um, okay, <laughs> this one's funny too. How particular they are about little things like how the back zippers have to be on top. I wish I knew what back zippers you're talking about, but I do think that's funny as well. I think there's the stereotype that like wives or the women in relationships are always the ones that are like particular and fixing things and need things a certain way. I beg to differ. Okay, if you have seen my Instagram, you've seen Trentisms, you know that my husband vacuums our couch. And I love it. You know what? That's who he is. He's very particular and I I love it. Um, 
this one's good. <laughs> we talk about the most disgusting bodily fluids like they're no big deal. Like we had a conversation the other day about how well our daughter pooped that day sometimes while we were eating. <laughs> I will say this, maybe this is the most shocking thing for me. I'm not, I'm not trying to be gross, but truly the level of comfort that you find with your spouse so quickly is sometimes slightly disturbing. It just, I remember before we got married being like, I could never, I could never do this. I, could, I mean, You just get comfortable so so fast. Someone else said, I'm surprised that I wasn't surprised we knew each other so well. Yes. Yes. Love that one. Um, okay. Oh, I loved this one. This one says, it's something that ebbs and flows. 50% each isn't a thing. Oh, I love that. That was definitely a misconception that I had going into marriage was that you do 50% and I'll do 50% and everything will be fair and equal. And one thing I have learned is that it really is an ebb and flow. And that's like the one of the best parts about marriage. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, it's great for me to be like 30% and try to carry in 70% because that takes a toll on him, right? But there is something about knowing each other's limits and what you can do that day and that week that just really is the best. And you can give what you do have and what you don't have, you have grace for in the relationship. And I do love that. Um, it can be easy and hard at the same time. Absolutely. That is a real thing. It can be easy and hard at the same time. Um, all right, let's move on to this story because I'd like to get this before we run out of time. Um, okay, I, my proposal. I promised to tell my proposal on the podcast because it's my favorite, unbiased, funniest story, and I never really got around to it. So I figured that this was the perfect opportunity. And first of all, it has to be said that Trenton pulled off the best proposal for me. It was perfect. And I hope that everyone can say that about their proposal because everyone wants different things, but I hope that you got the perfect proposal for you, what you wanted. Um, I'm the kind of person that needs all of my languages, all of my love languages being spoken at the same time. So I'm sentimental. I wouldn't say that I'm like crazy romantic. Like I actually get kind of uncomfortable with like super gushy stuff, um, but I definitely appreciate like effort and genuine sweetness. And Trenton is a very straightforward guy, so he definitely enjoys doing things by the numbers, in order. What I loved about his proposal is that he did it in the most Trenton methodical way, but in a way that I knew that he, that he knew that I would love, and that's what meant the most. So the next thing that has to be said is that I unconsciously did everything within my power to ruin his cute plans. So just to set the stage, at this point, we knew we were going to get married. We had a house that my dad owned that we were working to fix up. So it was like, okay to live in because right off the bat, it was honestly, it was, it was pretty nasty. And I had been there with a friend painting all that day. Um, so first of all, I was covered in paint and in really like nasty clothes. So we'd been painting for a while. Um, this friend and I, we decided to go on a hike as one does. Um, and after that, we were like, oh, let's go get some acai. I had this place in town that I was obsessed with at the time um, but I realized that I'd left my purse at work the day before so I was managing a floral shop at the time and just because of who I am at a per as a person I was constantly leaving important things like my purse at work so I know there are some of you at home who are like you left your purse at work you're horrified but I I, I leave my purse everywhere it's so bad also I will say we lived in a very small very safe town so 
leaving my purse at work was not really a big deal. So I get to the floral shop to grab my purse. I walk in. One of my good friends is there working. And so I'm like just chatting with her about how her day has been, how, you know, customers have been, etc. And like we're good friends. And she is like not having it, shutting down the conversation left and right, being so odd. And I'm like, okay, you know what? What the heck? You know, she must be having a bad day. It's fine. I will just let her be alone. So I grab my purse and I leave. Come to find out, Trenton was in the parking lot of this floral shop, completely unaware that I was inside the store. He had just texted my friend saying that he was coming in to grab a bunch of flowers that he had specially ordered to propose. She was like his inside man. And she was afraid he was going to come and walk in there while I was in there and ruin the whole thing. So near miss there, I have my purse. I'm still with my other friend. We head to this acai place. We're eating in this cute alley on the side of the building. We're taking our time. We're catching up. We're laughing. We're being dumb. Come to find out. Not only is Trenton now in the parking lot of the acai place to set up the proposal in the cute alley, he says that he pulled up and saw my car, but now he has to like speed dial all of the friends he had coming to help him set up in the very alley that I was like chilling in, laughing in, like taking my time, eating my treat. Um, Another funny detail. So I get into my car. We're done now. I'm taking my friend home. Um, As I pulled out, my friend from the flower shop was circling the parking lot, like trying to stay out of my sight as I left. Like we're circling each other on opposite sides of the parking lot. So I am just like blissfully unaware of this whole network of people working to pull this thing off. Trenton is sweating. Um, As I'm leaving, I do see the cart of one of Trenton and I's good friends and I wave. I think nothing of it. I go home. I've been in contact with Trenton all day, right? Like we're engaged. We're like texting all day. We meet up at night and hang out and well, we're not engaged, but soon to be engaged. Right. And it's like 8 PM and he's being like weird. He's like, I am, I'm a little bit stressed. So I'm going to go for a run before we hang out. And I'm like, okay. Like it wasn't a lie. Like he, he is a runner. He does love to run. Um, but the poor boy was like stressed out of his mind. And after things like were set up, he did genuinely go for a run, which I think is so funny. Like who, does that who goes for a little bit of a jog and then proposes but that's Trenton for you so he shows up at my parents house to hang out I was living there for the summer I'm sitting at the kitchen counter chatting with my dad I'm tired Trenton is like okay do you want to go get some acai and I'm like I say to his face I'm like no thanks (laughs) I actually already had some today like thanks though and this poor boy he just he keeps going he keeps with it he's like I, I've been craving it all day. Will you please just like, at least just come with me to pick some up and and I'll eat it. I am, and I am so tired. I'm being so mean. And I'm like, sure, let's go. And I get up to go. I'm in my painting clothes. I look like Adam Sandler. My hands are covered in paint. I'm sweaty. And Trenton, sweet angel goes, so do you want to change? And I'm like, nah, like we're just going in and out. You're just grabbing one to go, right? Like, Trent's like, no, like, this is a date. It will be fun. Like, don't you want to put on clothes that don't have paint on them? And I actually, like, got offended. I was like, how about you let me live my life? Okay, I'm exhausted. I don't really want to go dress up. So, no, I'm not changing. And my dad, my dear, sweet, raging feminist of a dad is like, come on, Breck. Like, why don't you just go change and, like, dress up for the date? And I am starting to get actually annoyed. I'm like, you know what? No, this is weird. You guys are being weird. Like, let's go, Trent. So we go. Trenton 
Trenton Parks, like kind of far away from the acai place. And I'm like, dude, what is your deal? And on the way out of the car, he kind of turns away from me. And after that, he was kind of like waddling a little bit. Like I thought he was limping. I was like, why are you limping? Turns out he realized that the ring box didn't fit in his pocket. So he straight up just like tried to shove it down his pants and the corner was like digging into him. So we are limping down this cute main street to the acai place and it's closed. So I'm like, oh my gosh, now I feel so bad. I'm like, Trenton, I'm so sorry. Do you want to go somewhere else? And I'm like looking into the windows and I turn around and in the alley next to us, you know, where the side door to this restaurant that I'm looking into is the most beautiful setup. So there are buckets of flowers and lights. And this is a detail that probably not everyone knows, but Trenton recreated the opening credit scene of My Fair Lady, which is my favorite movie. And we had just watched it for my 21st birthday. I was trying to like explain to him why I loved it so much. Um, so like I said, I was a florist at the time. So I was a lady in a flower shop, just like her. Um, so he had called my florist friend and he'd sent her the video of the opening credits. So she identifies the flowers the specific flowers and orders them they're everywhere and then he proposed and my little sister was like waiting around the corner with a camera my mom my my sweet mom had been texting Trenton and was like she won't change like she she had like thrown a cute outfit in the trunk of his car um he had texted her saying that I like I refuse to change and she wanted me to have some cute clothes for the pictures um so I went and changed into that our friends were waiting somewhere I'm not really sure where they were hiding but we saw them um, and then we went back to my parents' house and I basically like didn't sleep all night. I was just so in shock that it had all happened. And the funniest part of the whole thing is that Trenton still pulled it off, like despite my best efforts. I remember he told me at one point that he was so stressed and I kept following him and he had to like remind me that he couldn't be mad at me today because he was about to ask me to marry him. So there is the proposal. There are just a couple of my thoughts on marriage. Um, I hope that you guys have a great week. We'll be back for another episode next week. We have some more really fun guests coming on. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being here for another episode of me saying whatever I'm thinking into a mic. Um, Don't forget to leave a written review if you want to totally make my day. And I will see you here same time, same place next week. (laughs) 